The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrooke. Welcome to Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time internet radio show exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Tuesday, March 15th, 2016, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series' casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-host. First up, all she wants is to return to the world of the living and gin. It's Priscilla. And more gin. Hey guys! Next up, she found her courage and defeated the bandit to save her kingdom. It's Katie Cat. Oh, you bet I did. Hi guys! I'm excited to talk about the episode tonight. Next up, she went from zero to hero and who'da thunk? It's Ashley Michelle. Hey guys! That wasn't creative. Shut up! And, <laughs> last but not least, her three heads are better than none. Please welcome our special guest co-host. You may have heard her voice on some of PapiChuloRadio.com's other series, including the National City Tribune, the Star City Report, Time Masters, and the Shield Files, Jessica Jones. It's Brittany. Hey guys, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you on, Brittany. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. So before we get into uh, the episode, we do want to give a couple shout-outs to some people that have actually taken the time out to message us. You know, some of our listeners that have messaged us and sent us some really nice and awesome and, and very cool messages directly to us, the show. So the first person that we want to shout-out is someone that messaged us via... Twitter about the show and this is what they had to say. This is Danielle at dgaston2017 and she said uh, you guys have me cracking up. You are one of my fave podcasts now. I added you to my list of once podcasts to listen to. So thank you Danielle. That was awesome. And another person messaged us via Instagram and uh, they said, I just started listening to your podcast. I love it. I love how positive you guys are. You guys are super funny, super knowledgeable. It seems like you guys really care about the show. I love that. Keep up the great work. Can't wait to listen to your podcast. And uh, th- this is at Once Upon a Time 518. So thank you for messaging us. Right, everybody? We yeah. love you. 
Keep it up. Yes. We love all of you, and certainly feel free to keep the messages coming in. You can find us on Instagram at Poppy Chulo Radio. We're also on Twitter at Poppy Chulo Radio. And, of course, you can email us with any questions and whatnot. We'd be happy to answer questions. Right, Katie? We would love questions. I love questions so much. Yes. <laughs> you know, especially about Graham coming back this season. Katie, right? Graham is coming back this season. Oh. I heard it. Oh, I heard it. Oh, Katie actually had an ask on her Tumblr site this weekend about it. I was thinking that was maybe Ash. It actually wasn't me. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> well, well, Katie's co-mod Kelly actually responded to it, which I thought was funny. But um, you can go read the response <laughs> on Katie's website. But uh, yeah, if you want to email us with any questions, and, and we'd love to answer questions, even if they're controversial, like which ship we love the most, Katie will definitely answer that one. You can email us. It's simply contact at poppychuloradio.com. So with all that being said, let's get into the actual show. Let's jump into our recap of episode 513, season 5, episode 13, which was titled Labor of Love, and it aired on March 13th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. In the underworld, an escapee from Hades' prison informs the heroes that Hook is being held captive, but before the heroes can rescue Hook, they must face a terrifying beast that guards the prison. Mary Margaret searches for an old childhood friend who knows how to defeat the monster. However, once reunited, she discovers that her friend is no longer the hero he once was. Meanwhile, in an enchanted forest flashback, a young Snow White struggles to preserve peace in her kingdom and must learn how to be a true hero if she wants to one day become queen. Good grief, that was a mouthful. So let's get everyone's initial reaction to the episode Labor of Love. And let's start off with our special guest co-host, Brittany. Ooh, yay, I get to start first and you all can judge me. Yes, right. or we can all agree with you. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Because this isn't my show, this is your show now, so I'm just a passenger. So, alright. Um, I really love this episode. Like, I am a very casual viewer to Once Upon a Time, but I've been with it since uh, season two, I believe. Because I wanted to binge watch season one. And if there's one thing that keeps me coming back for this show, it's just, um, it's just like the cheesiness, but also how it always comes back to hope. And, um, some of you may know me that I'm a very dark person and like, Brittany, you're watching Once Upon a Time. What? What is this? Um,. <laughs> But I really like it. I like to uh, I like to see characters really succeed and just go back to love, hope, and friendship. And uh, one of my favorite characters at the beginning, you know, it wasn't right now. It's Regina. Regina is my favorite, absolute favorite character. But at first, it was Snow White. So this was a very Snow White centric episode. And and I say Snow White, not Mary Margaret. Thank God that name is gone. Hallelujah. Yes. yes. I, I, hashtag I, preach seriously i i was never a fan of that um i don't know why she was the only one that had a name change because i'm pretty sure charming's name is david she just calls him charming as a nickname so i really love this episode i have a little bit of criticism but overall like 90 percent like love this episode it was fantastic awesome uh, katie did you love this episode as well 
Yes, I did. It was it was so good. Like I I don't know. I almost liked it better than the mid-season premiere, the 100th episode, to be honest. Um, I just really liked it. We got back to seeing some more Snow White, and um, we got to see Hercules, and we got to see some really great things. And we had a lot of... We did have some plot development, even though we had um, some flashbacks as well. That... Yeah. So I really, really enjoyed it. It was probably it's probably one of my favorite episodes of Once Upon a Time ever. So Whoa. good job to the writers. That is heavy. Wow, that's <laughs> that's pretty epic right there. Priscilla, would you agree? Mm-mm. No, sorry. Like, okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Still, you gotta take it no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I have your back, but not in this time, right? Okay, oh. I like I I like how this season is going. I do like that. Um, I I feel like the the next episode I'm kind of like guessing and wondering what the hell is gonna happen and what are they gonna do and like it's shocking and surprising to me, which I don't. It's refreshing again. Like I I hadn't I haven't felt this way for a couple of seasons, but this show had two like glaring faults that I really didn't like. One was like the characterization of Meg and the other was the man purse that is Robin. So like those two dragged the episode down for me. And so like, it's still a really passing grade. Like I love it. 85% out of a hundred, but like not, not the best and not the best once like episode ever, but this is still giving me hope. I like this, this mid season and this starting out of the season. It all goes back to hope. So, Ash, whose side of the table will you be sitting on? Will you be sitting on Priscilla's side of the table, or will you be sitting closer to Katie and Brittany? I am, like, in the middle. I'm halfway in between Priscilla and Katie and Brittany. Because I completely understand with the man purse and with um, the characterization of Meg, but I also agree that... Once Upon a Time likes to put their own spin on everything. And <laughs> I feel like this was them putting their own spin on Meg as much as they could. Well, okay. I guess we can t- I can talk about it later, too. But um, I heard from somebody that this Meg doesn't... Obviously does not take after the Disney version of Meg. But she does take after the actual Greek <gasps> version of her. How Dare they? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. I I have to disagree with that. Like one hundred percent. Like even though like 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 the regular Greek Meg is the one that fucking died in like centaur blood, but it like which is a pretty metal way to go, as opposed to this one that's just kind of like meek and hiding behind like a tree or a bush or whatever the heck it was. Like uh uh-uh. uh. No. You can't say just we're really? going back to original matter. Yeah. Okay, I didn't realize that. Never, just pretend I didn't say anything. <laughs> pretend the last 30 seconds didn't even happen. I'm, gonna, but, I'm just going to shut up now. <laughs> but other than that, it, it reminded me a lot of a season one episode. And that was... compare. I really disliked last season... And the last half of the season in its entirety and compared to these two episodes so far because I really didn't like 
the Camelot flashbacks and finally getting like these little pieces of the plot that we didn't know that we needed. It's giving me life. Yeah, completely agree. It does feel like a season one episode. You're right. I think the flashbacks had a lot to do with that, honestly. Like, I remember season one was all about Charming and Snow White's past and Regina. So seeing them in the flashback, I, I love it. Because I don't know if I'm really interested in anyone else's past. As Aww. long as we don't get another frickin' snowing wedding flashback. Oh, God. After yeah, the wedding true. flashback, I'm good. That's true. As long as they're not coming up with crap that doesn't even make sense and doesn't even apply, then I'm good. And this, the last few have really made sense and actually add something to the story. Yep. So, yay. Good job for coming up with valid, good flashbacks again. <laughs> and I, I just, I just want to say the actress that plays the younger Snow, like... They nailed that. They've always nailed it. And it's been her, right? It's been the same actress uh, the past yeah, few years. Yeah. Now. She's just older now. And I, I like it. They, it made The flashback made sense. And she looked uh, she looked apart. And uh, her and Hercules' uh, chemistry was pretty good, I think, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She was I fucking the hell out of him at the beginning. And I was just kind of like, you know what? I'm looking at his biceps and, like, his face, I do not disagree with you, like, at all. Like, that Hercules was, like... Hercules, he was gorgeous. Like, <laughs> and, but this is, like, this is like teen Hercules, isn't it? Like almost like what, 15, 16? That's what it seems is like. He? I don't know. I just here I didn't see him like a man like a man. I saw him as like a very, very sexy teenager. <laughs> <laughs> same. Before Brittany gets in trouble, I'll give my opinions on the episode. <laughs> I enjoyed the episode a lot. I think this half of the season has been really, really strong. And I know that I think all of us agreed uh, last time, all of the regulars agreed, that this season is very much a throwback to season one and season two. So if they keep this up, I have a feeling that this is going to be one of the best half-season arcs in a long time. And certainly lots of kudos goes to uh, Hades, because Hades is a very good villain. Like, the stakes are high with Hades as a villain, and I'm all for it. As Brittany would say, as she says on several of the other shows that she's on, my body is ready. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. (laughs) I have a lot of good things to say about Hades, so, yeah. (laughs) We'll get to that a little bit later. So let's start off. A quick little shout out to the opening title card, which was the cemetery in that uh, red-tinted forest. And so we always start the show by discussing the flashback. So let's get into the flashback. And we go back to, as was mentioned, young Snow. This is like teenage Snow. Her father is away on like royal diplomatic business and so she's left to uh, take care of uh, the kingdom and apparently there's this bandit that is like stealing a whole bunch of stuff and so it's up to her to like figure out how to fix this and regina the evil queen is like you know you can do it you can do it and she freaks out at uh 
just I guess all the power in her hands at that moment she doesn't know what to do so she flees and she runs into the forest and she falls into like a pit that's like a hunter's trap and uh, she's saved from the pit by Hercules and this is the first time they meet and you could see that her body is ready from the look that she <laughs> gave him yeah I would too you kidding <laughs> So that's, where, so that's where Hercules and Snow meets for the very first time. So I want to ask everybody, what did we think of the introduction to this flashback? And I don't know, for me at least, I was a little confused because I was like, why? I don't know how the royal family goes. So I don't know how like the royal family dynamic goes. So maybe somebody here knows or, or can shine a light on this. But her father's gone. There is a queen. So why are they asking Snow White for help? Like, shouldn't they be asking the queen? Or is it because she's not a blood... uh... Because it's bloodline. Okay, so it immediately goes to the princess. Mm -hmm. Although, if the princess is still considered too young to rule, like... The, the queen the, the queen can rule in her stead but Regina totally just kind of like no she knows what to do like threw her under the bus like yeah <laughs> yeah but I can I just comment though like once upon a time has a, a lot of it has to do with immersion and how beautiful something looks to like get you in on that feeling of like a fairy tale fantasy like another thing and Regina's outfit as a queen and Snow's like outfit as a princess and later on like in the flashbacks we see more and Hercules's outfit kind of as like a like a warrior and a hunter like these were all very well done like so much better than like reusing things like it happened the last part of this season so I don't know like I'm getting I'm feeling the fantasy I am happy that this is happening. I just love that Snow White was wearing, it was like a very like light bluish almost like outfit, right? And I kept on thinking like, that is going to get so dirty, like walking around and traipsing <laughs> through the forest. It was kind of like like flashback to the Snow Queen when she was in Storybrooke and she was always traipsing through the forest. I'm like, how are you going to stay pretty? Girl, your bleach is good. Yep. Yep. It's, ma- it's, ma- it's magical bleach. That's what I think it is. Like I, we gotta, let, we can't figure this out. So I'm. Just she just lets it go. Thing. Yeah. Magic, magic is always the answer on the show. So kind of around the the white of the dress. There is a force field. Yes. Like, you can't get this dirty. Mm-mm. Exactly. And uh, we have some bonding moments between Herc and young snow where he sort of explains a little bit more about him and uh, he's got these labors that he's supposed to do he's a demigod he's trying to get to mount olympus his mother was mortal uh, and and that kind of thing and uh, snow is like basically you know I don't know if I can lead the kingdom. I, I, I don't know what to do. And Herc encourages her to stop the bandits, that she can do it, that she can be, you know, the best queen ever, and she can take care of all of her royal subjects. So this is where we fill in another little piece of the puzzle of something that we didn't know. For many seasons now, for the entirety of five seasons, we've been all kind of wondering who... 
taught Snow her archery skills. Who taught Snow her archery skills? Before he showed up on the scene, I always thought maybe it could have been Robin Hood. Maybe it was Graham. Sorry for bringing him up, Katie. Rip. <laughs> but we find out... Bran at first. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but she used the... The, the crossbow. crossbow. So I can see her. <laughs> that would be amazing if it was <laughs> Granny. But no, it wasn't Granny. Uh, we find out that it was actually Hercules. Hercules taught her how to wield a bow and arrow. Was that kind of nice to get another little question? Not necessarily a big mystery, but a little question from season one to get it checked off the list. All the yeah. way till season five, yes. I like it. <laughs> you watch once to see like really weird shit like this, like Red Riding Hood and Snow White were friends. Cinderella had Rumple as a fairy godmother, like, and now it's Hercules taught Snow White how to shoot a bow and arrow. Like, it's it's perfect. Give me more of this. Great. Yeah, and in one day too. I know, right? I, I want him to teach me this shit. I'll fucking learn it one day. It took Oliver Queen like five years on that damn <laughs> island. <laughs> it's true. It's the white dude. She must be really good or something. Or I don't know, but. Or he must be really good. Uh huh. But I'm um, be too distracted. I'm going to be honest. Just. Mm mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you saw that scene where, like, she, he, he was notching the bow for her. She just kind of looked at him. I'm like, Target's over there, sweetie. <laughs> she's it reminded me of uh, Princess Diaries 2. When uh, she's she has to do the... Shoot the arrow. Nobody remembers that. And the, the guy yeah, comes... And Captain America's yes, pulling yes. the arrow for her. Chris Evans? Yeah. yeah. Chris Pine. Oh. Is it? Wrong Chris one. Pine. Wrong Chris. Lots of Chris's. All the Chris's are beautiful, but yes, Chris Pine. <laughs> so we flash to the one-eyed bandit because I don't think he had a name so we're just going to call him the one-eyed bandit he's trying to steal some stuff from Snow White's royal subjects and then bam an arrow shot and uh, in comes young Snow as if she's Rambo or if she's Carol on The Walking Dead and she's like leave them alone leave all my people alone or you know I'm a, I, I don't need an army I can do this I'm a run your asses out of town and so then she tries to get another arrow and she fumbles and it falls to the ground and they make fun of her and he's stepping on the arrows and threatening her but then all of a sudden hercules does a sucker punch to the ground and makes like an earthquake and everyone shakes and falls and hercules is like leave her alone you better leave here you're gonna have to answer to me and so then the one-eyed bandit is like well your boyfriend isn't always gonna be around uh, young snow so you better watch out and we find out that the one-eyed bandit is actually under the employ of shocker the evil queen so the evil queen is basically trying to manipulate the royal subjects to show them that Snow White as a ruler isn't all that. And so that uh, young Snow is made a fool of in front of uh, the entire kingdom so that they can realize that the real queen should be me, Regina. Were we surprised that the one-eyed bandit was working with Regina? No. no. I know that we've established that I am naive, but I was. Oh really? Right? Who'd you think she he was working for Granny? I I just thought that he <laughs> he was just terrorizing the fucking village. Same, like, same. Yeah, like 
I didn't expect this. Oh, hashtag I'm... twinsies. But then oh my god, it... Katie. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> but then when it when it was revealed, I was like, oh yeah, duh. It makes sense uh. now. <laughs> it's a really smart plan though to make to demoralize like Snow and make her seem that she's unfit to rule and making her like having her sweep in and save the day. It's perfect. It's, per mm -hmm. it's quintessential Regina. Yeah. I've thought this through. But isn't it kind of funny that young Snow thought that after maybe three hours of um, archery skills, she was going to take down the one-eyed bandit? This is Snow White. Yeah. Classic she, Snow. She has hope. She doesn't she, need... She's, a, like, she's there for training. inspiration, not substance. Yeah, she wanted to shoot one arrow and give a speech, and then they were going to leave. I know, I was ready for her to say, you have failed this city, one-eyed oh bandit. Oh <laughs> my god. But it didn't happen, people, it didn't happen. So the next day, Snow has on a new archery outfit, and she's ready to rip the bow in half. And then Hercules, you know, approaches her and is like, no, don't do that, you know, you can't save a kingdom in a day she's like oh but i suck and he's like no you can be good let me teach you and so he, he basically gives her some words of encouragement you know basically a snow white speech but for lack was, of a better word that was some of the best like i love the little like glimmerings like the little sayings that you can get that really empower you and i don't even i don't remember exactly like the the the, the phrasing but it went along the lines of, I failed in the beginning once, and it takes, like, you need to fail to learn how to succeed. Yes. Which was epic. I was like, oh my god, Herc is inspiring me. This is beautiful. Yeah. From zero to hero. <laughs> and who to thunk? <laughs> so, those words of advice, he was basically talking about his labors. His first labor, he didn't succeed, or he was about to be killed, but then all of a sudden, he, you know a way to defeat the beast uh, ended up presenting itself and that's how he, he ended up uh, completing all but one of his labors uh, which was neat I liked how they they sort of explained a lot of the Hercules mythology in just a couple of uh, expositionary scenes hmm. yeah for some like I don't know uh next to nothing about Hercules and it was nice that they explained it so that, you know, peasant minds could understand. There you go. <laughs> Shout out to the peasant minds. <laughs> so so later on that day we see once again I guess this dude like stops by every day because I guess, you know what else can you do in the Enchanted Forest when you need some money? So he's trying to, once again, this one-eyed bandit steal. And, and I was hoping that it was Granny, but it was just some random old lady with uh, oh. nice jewelry, I guess. And so he swipes her necklace, but then all of a sudden, badass Bandit Snow arrives. Not Bandit Snow. A young Snow arrives with her bandit gear. Like, young bandit snow gear and she's like you better stop give that lady back her necklace and he's like well i don't think so and so this time she draws her bow and she shoots but she misses and so he starts to laugh but then she grabs another one and she's not clumsy this time and she shoots and she hits his sword and then she's like 
alright now people lower your weapons and so everyone lowers their weapons they return the money and they hightail it and skedaddle out of there and then of course as peasants not peasants let's call them royal subjects as royal subjects tend to do they all cheer and and they were also getting ready to kick some ass too yeah i think more of the part more of her being a hero isn't necessarily that she hit her mark and that she got rid of the sword it's that she inspired the rest of the village to grab their arms and like surround the people too like which Again, like this is what Snow was born to do. She was born to be a leader. She, she learned was. it. It's great. Like, I, I was, I wasn't expecting that. Like, I, I was expecting her to like rouse them up and like be like, I still need to learn a little bit more about my bow. But no, she learned in like three days. It happens. <laughs> it and does. Then, and I like that Hercules was like, I guess you don't need me to train you anymore. And I was like, what? Like, train her some more. Like, give her some experience. But I guess oh one day's God. enough. And then you get to the right? enchanted forest. That's okay. And, uh, and so Hercules is ready to complete his final quest. He needs to go and defeat Cerberus, the three-headed beast. And he invites Snow to go. But she's like, no, you know what? My royal subjects need me. They need me right now. But thank you for the invitation. And then he tells her, you're going to make an amazing queen one day. And then in front of all of the villagers, Snow White gets her very first kiss. And they kiss, you know, with the sunlight and rainbows and unicorns and lollipops. Uh, One... I was hoping that when after she said, "You'll after he said you'll make a great queen for her for her to be like you'll make one heck of a god," to be like the exact line, but no, they didn't do that. And two, she later tells Charming, "No, we were just friends. You snogged him, like you kissed him. That is not like <laughs> just friends sort of thing." Hashtag like, snog. Is, I just want to be friends with Herc. What the hell? <laughs> friends with benefits. <laughs> Because damn, <laughs> poor Charlie. She didn't have time to. David was right though. I knew. I knew when he made that joke. I was like, "Oh, there's probably gonna be something more between them." And as soon as uh, we we go into the flashbacks, you already feel the chemistry. So yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was very cute. And I think uh, Hercules was the best person to bring to help Snow uh, learn these skills and become a leader. I agree. Mm-hmm. Snow won't say that she's in love. Ah, I see what you did there. Uh. Thank you. <laughs> Ash, Katie, do you approve of Snow White's first kiss being a demigod? Very much. I think it's pretty amazing. Yep. It's better yeah, than my amazing. first kiss. <laughs> Would you like to share? No. Okay. No. You don't need all of iTunes to know about your first kiss. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but, but do you guys, like... Hercules just standing behind Snow when she's trying to fight off the one-eyed bandit. And he's just like there ready to step in, but knows that she can handle it. But just in case she needs him, he's right behind her the entire time. Like that like was so ah! warm to my heart. Really? I was like, Hercules get in there and kill them all? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been done faster, but I know why they had to do it. And I did like that he had her back. That he was never really going to let her be in danger. So, yeah, that was very, very sweet of him. Very gentleman-like. I like this Hercules. 
Even though his own cockiness does get him killed, but that's okay. It is. So any final thoughts on the flashback? I really liked it. I really, really liked it. Um, like we kind of mentioned before, I love Bailey Madison, who plays young Snow White. She looks like Jennifer Goodwin. She has the same mannerisms. Uh, she sounds like Jennifer Goodwin. Like there was this one part, I can't remember what line she was saying, but she sounded just like Jenny. Like if I had looked away from the screen, I would have thought it was Jenny talking. So they did such a good job casting her in the first season and then keeping her in and not switching the actress who plays her um, and just having her be in this episode again. Uh, she just does such a great job and it was so it was so neat to get another backstory with her and to kind of revisit the whole um, that era of her life where she didn't realize that Regina was actually trying to get rid of her. Um, it's an interesting time in her life that we haven't seen too much of. So I really, really enjoyed it. I just really liked it. It was done very well. Yeah. The oh, only negative, okay. and it's a teeny eeny weeny negative, and it's not really a negative negative. It's just that she looks a little bit older now than she did oh. in the flashback when her father died. You don't so know that's like the only it, little thing. Like, I wish that they wouldn't have shown that story until maybe a little bit later on. I get, uh, on a brighter note, like... If y'all have an Instagram at some point, you should really check out Bailey Madison's Instagram because she posted a lot of like behind the scenes stuff with this episode, mm -hmm. and it is super cute. Like this, the, yeah. the little like pics that she has with her and um, the guy that played Hercules, like it's it's awesome. Like they, they, it just looks like a really fun set to be on. Mm hmm. Yeah, it does. They're really cute. I do want to say that this is the first show with flashbacks that I really, really enjoy. Because okay, as opposed to as opposed another to show that Arrow. we mentioned. Yes, yeah. I, I like these uh, these flashbacks. I, if anything, I think it's because it parallels a lot to the present. And sometimes I do. Well, actually, I don't. I, I think it was a long time since we saw Bad Regina. It was like last episode. Last episode, the 100th episode, where they went back and we saw how, just how bad Regina used to be. Like, I was shocked. I was like, oh my god, I forgot how much I did not like her in season one. Yeah. I forgot yeah. how much I loved her. Yeah, well, no, yeah. like I yeah. liked her as a villain, but I was like, damn, I hate her. I forgot that I legitimately hated her because I didn't understand the root of her revenge and her hatred until now, you know, but even so, I was like, damn, I forgot she used to kill people for no reason, and, she did. you know, she would bitch slap them, <laughs> like, she was so bad, like, but I loved it, and I was like, damn, she's come a long way, probably one of the best developments of a character, like, I've ever seen. So, to solve Arrow's problems, they need to put Snow White on Lian Yu. Yeah, I mean, her skills, obviously, you know, <laughs> outmatch uh, Arrow, I mean, Oliver Queen, so, you know, but I mean, she could <laughs> She's good at speeches. Maybe he doesn't need Felicity. He needs Snow White. Oh my god. <laughs> Could you imagine the crossover oh potential? Oh no, for the love of god, no. But yeah. So I just, I just want to say I like the- Hashtag green snow. Oh god. Ew. Ew. <laughs> That's really um, 
Okay, you always I... get bad at making the shipping names, please. That was a good shipping name. <laughs> oh no, it wasn't. God. That no, sounds like not. yellow snow. That's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not supposed to eat the green snow. Or the yellow. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. We know what you mean, Ash. But, but, um, did no one else catch the, um, Hercules asking snow, can you keep a secret? Um, oh, no, my she can't. Yay! That's why the show happened, because she couldn't keep a secret. Poor Snow. She still can't keep a secret as an adult, but that's like a whole nother story. Yeah. Maybe because she was married. Oh, no, Snow White. Snow White doesn't know. Never mind. I was going to say maybe when she's married Margaret, she doesn't know how to do anything. But as Snow, oh my gosh. <laughs> but as Snow White, she gets shit done. You know, so. But never Poor mind. Mary Margaret. I don't like Mary Margaret. Right. She doesn't she was, like you either, she, she told a, me. She was a hoe in season one. <laughs> oh my god. Whoa. <laughs> you don't remember? David what was, was charming? Like, yeah, I know. I know that they were they were like drawn together meant meant to be, but they were having an affair in the background, you know? I mean, I was enjoying it, but I was like, mm, girl. She was playing doctor too. Yep. So, I'm I don't just... like, so Mary Margaret's not my favorite. So white, yes, thank god you're back. There you go. So before we get into the present day, I just want to give a little bit of reminders to the people tuning in. Please uh, check us out on our social media. You can like the show on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Storybrook Weekly Mirror. And you can also find the station, Poppy Chula Radio, as a whole throughout several social media platforms. We are on Twitter, we are on Facebook, and Instagram. It's simply at Poppy Chula Radio or search for Poppy Chula Radio. And of course, for those out there that don't know, we are on iTunes as well. All you have to do is uh, log into iTunes and search Search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. And whenever there's a new episode uh, available, it'll automatically propagate and download. And you can uh, keep up to date with us. So let's get into the present day. And we start off uh, going down into the deepest part of the underworld where we find a bloodied and battered hook. And uh, there is a woman... uh, there with him and she's basically like escaping is pointless you know but he's like i know that there's someone looking for me i got a message so i need to find her and i need to get out of here and so he's like we're both gonna escape so they try to escape but uh, we hear some sort of beast and it's a beast that uh, the young woman told him about and he's like well you know what you escape find Emma Swan. I'm Captain Killian Jones, Captain Hook. Tell her and uh, she'll figure out what to do. So she escapes and he is left to fend off the hellhound Cerberus. Small like note here, but notice he refers to himself as Killian Jones as as opposed to like Hook right off the bat. Like he's changing. He can, he's considering himself like a better person, even though like Captain Hook would be like the first thing you think of considering like it's a dude with a hook. But like, I am so proud of you. You go. Hashtag go Captain Two Hands. <laughs> Snow and Charming are in the graveyard and they're looking around, uh, checking out the tombs. And she realizes that the majority of the people there are some of her father's 
dead uh, subjects there. They're either dead or they're in the underworld with unfinished business. So she feels like she's failed them. She has failed her kingdom, not the city. Close enough. And uh, Charming basically is like, you know, we will protect people. We will protect everyone. We will help everybody. We're going to protect Emma as well and that kind of stuff. And then Snow finds a uh, grave uh, labeled with a familiar name. She's shocked that he is dead or in the underworld. And this person is her childhood friend, a.k.a. her first kiss, Hercules. And she tells David that they were childhood friends, and uh, y- you could tell he's he's kind of a little perturbed by it for like half a moment. But uh, you know, she's like, "We need to find Hercules if he's down here with unfinished business. It's freaking Hercules. You know, he can help us, and we can help him, and all this kind of stuff." Were we surprised that Hercules was in the underworld? Mm-mm. I-, I was just kind of like, I-, "I needs me some Meg." Why is Meg not here? She's in the underworld. And if she's in the underworld, Herc's coming at some point too. Like I was I was waiting for that to happen. Plus Greek myths. Like if Hades is there, Hercules had to have seen him at some point. <laughs> we have Henry, Robin Hood, Emma and Regina. They're in the forest, the woods, searching for Hook. They come up empty and uh, Regina remembers that she, in regular Storybrooke, has maps of Storybrooke, like these detailed maps. So, as they've noticed in what she called Bizarro Storybrooke, they seem to have some sort of equivalent of uh, what's in regular Storybrooke. So she's like, there must be some maps in my office, in the mayor's office. And since Cora's no longer there, you know, they can go and and find these maps. So Robin Hood volunteers to go, but then Regina's like, also take Henry, because Henry knows all about my office, and this, that, or the other. So Robin and Henry go off on their own little journey. Regina and Emma end up finding a trail of blood, and they find the girl... After tracking a little bit, the girl that had escaped from the Hellhound and the prison, Hades' prison. And so she's like ready to give some information, but the beast is nearby. So Emma poofs them into the uh, Charmings' apartment, or the Bizarro version of it. And it seems like as if it's waiting for them, because it's even got a picture of the Charmings and uh, new furniture. So I guess that they can spend their underworld existence in their own uh, apartment. The girl explains about the Hellhound, and Snow realizes that she knows exactly who this creature is when she arrives at the apartment. What do we think of, like, the bizarro apartment? Is that, isn't that kind of, like, weird? That it's, like, waiting for the Charmings? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Which means Hades has more set in store for why this is exactly Storybrooke and why there's like spaces reserved for some people. Maybe it's the death of Mary Margaret as a person instead of like Snow White and it's more symbolic. Uh, at least that's what I thought at the time, but mm. now that you're saying about now that you're saying it now, I'm pretty sure like his sketchy like I have reasons and I don't have to tell you them like is going to come up at some point. Yeah. I think that too. I hope so. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if it does have a, a bigger 
reason, if there's like some sort of master plan that we don't know about yet. Or if it's just standard protocol, maybe. Hmm. I guess we'll find mm. out. So we have a part of the group go to Granny's, or Blindies, as I called it last week, and they <laughs> grill the Blind Witch. <laughs> the Blind Witch is still angry at Regina for burning her alive in the oven, although Regina's blaming Hansel and Gretel, but she's like, it was your fireball. And uh, Regina was like, well, you stole my apple, and you know what happens when you steal from a witch. Witch. And line, yes! <laughs> yeah, it was good. And so, uh, the blind witch is like, of course I know who Hercules is, I try to fatten him up, but, you know, he keeps on, you know, retaining his physique, and he comes in every time, dirt for lunchtime, and so she fills them in on where he works, he works at the docks, and so Snow has a one-on-one -on -one chat with Hercules, she's like, remember me? And he's like, no. And then he's like, Snow! And so they hug, and um, he sort of explains that he couldn't complete his final labor, and that he died, but he didn't want to say how. And so she tries to convince him to help, but he doesn't want to at that moment. What did we think of Herc's sort of reluctance to help Snow in the beginning? He fucked up. Like I was like, he fucked up. He did something that 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 was incorrect. Why isn't he a god? He said he had twelve labors and he only needed one more. He fucked up. He ruined that last one. And he seemed scared of helping her. And why would you be scared if like if you know all of hell already, you know what like she might have to face. Like I was already kind of putting the pieces together. Side note. Who's eating all those chili peppers in hell? Like, she's just kind of, like, putting them all in a bowl for someone to come up and get. Like I would. The Wicked <laughs> Witch, like, is spicy. Like, she likes her food spicy. The Blind Witch. She can't see it. It. Why Why can't we call her the Wicked Witch? Isn't there, like, is there no? Oh, Because the Wicked Witch right. would be There's... Zelina. Yeah, never mind. I forgot about her because she hasn't been on the show in a while. Oh, well. Yeah, I'm she's not still getting paid. I'm throwing the shade at Zelina. I'm not a Zelina fan. I do not, <gasps> I do not like her at all. I think she's very annoying. Instead of being like fun like Regina was, I think she's annoying. But I do want to say about uh, Hercules, um, I was a little disappointed with his story in this episode. That's one of my criticisms. I thought um, usually Once Upon a Time has a thing where they introduce um, well-known characters either from the Disney show or um, a fairy tale. And they're going to stick with, like, the rest of the season. Like, the first half, it's this one. And then the second half, it's somebody else. Like, last uh, last year, uh, for season four, it was Frozen. And we had him for an entire half season. So I thought when they were introducing Megara and Hercules, we were going to have them the entire time that they're in the underworld. And we just got them for one episode. I was very disappointed. But that's just that me. was the opposite, but I'll give my take on that a little bit later. You're gonna fight me, Jeff? Yes, I am. <laughs> and this is my show, so I, I win. That's true. No, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, okay, so continuing on with the story, we have another look at Hades' lair, and we have Hook. He's tortured, bloodied, and uh, exhausted, and all that kind of stuff, and Hades is angry with him because of Emma and everybody being in his domain and threatening, you know, the existence of his domain and in the order that he's accustomed to in his domain. And uh, we have a scene in which, you know, Hercules, you know, reluctantly ends up helping them. And so with the help of um, the young woman, uh, you know, she sort of filled them in on where the the exit is that she exited the prison. It turns out, you know, she's like there are a bunch of tunnels, and you know, it ends up leading out into a cave that's in the middle of the forest. And so they enter that, and it looks just like the um, like the mine, the dwarves' mine in regular storybook so they're going through there and uh hercules ends up going ahead because uh the, you know the hellhound is cerberus so he ends up running into cerberus but he ends up chickening out and runs away we hear a whistle and uh we hear that cerberus sort of runs off into the distance or whatever and this is when Hades encounters the group for the first time and he introduces himself Regina seems to recognize him and uh, we find out at well I would say the group finds out that Hades is uh, Hercules's uncle and he reveals how Hercules really died by being killed by Cerberus. Snow was shocked, and Herc was like, I didn't want to disappoint you. And uh, Hades gives Emma a gift, and the gift is a blood-stained hook, Captain Hook's hook. And uh, Hades says that, you know, if you continue meddling with what I'm doing, his fate will be worse than death. So the bloodied hook and Hades's uh, introduction to the group. I've got to say that I was surprised at how fast Hades made his presence known to the group. Because usually with these... Um, half-arc, half-season villains, it usually takes a while before our group sort of realizes who the big villain is. So I was really impressed that Hercules, like, instantly, well, it took an episode, but, you know, practically instantly, like, went up to them and was like, hey, you know, you're in my realm. Like, what'd you think? Your mom was running the show? No, it's me. I'm the man behind the curtain this time around just shows how confident he is like how full of himself he is like what the fuck are you guys doing here like did you think that you were gonna defeat me really come at me yeah. bro it's like i am a god this is my realm this is not your king your teeny ass kingdom like come at me like oh he's just he eats up scenery like i like i've seen him now but i want to see him with like more detailed interaction with other like actors that kind of like take up their space too and like own the characters that they are like Regina or like Rumpel like we need to see more of this like it, it, this actor is surprising the hell out of me I uh, love him he's too. Really mm -hmm. surprising he, the hell I just hope they don't give him some 
stupid reason for being the way is like oh you know i wish that i could be in love or something nah, like i I, so. I hope that they don't ruin a really good character by giving him like a bad uh, motivation i'm an asshole what he's doing i'm an asshole yeah i think i think he's just because he's hades he's the lord of the underworld i hope so i hope it's like cruella you know i'm yeah. a psychopath because i'm a psychopath mm-hmm. yeah like which that. is so refreshing like it's yeah I love him, and I think it's because he is like this. He's evil just because he wants to be evil, at least from what we know so far. But he's he's so coy and so smug, and he just he plays the role so well. I love this villain, and I I find myself looking forward to his scenes every episode because I'm like. Oh, they make me cringe every time, you know, he's on screen, but just because of his character, you know, he does such a good job with playing this Lord of the Underworld type of character. You've got to be this evil type of person for that role. And he does it so well. Yeah, it was fantastic. I want to say the actor or the the way he's portraying um, Hades is kind of like, for me, a mix of Malcolm Merlin and Lucifer from Supernatural. Oh, I, I see Damien Dark and like Lucifer. Like he's he's charismatic, but he's also cold and Okay. It's, I, I it's just cold saw as for, ice. I guess maybe I saw John Barrowman more than I saw Merlin because John Barrowman's kinda breathy when he talks. And I feel like this guy's breathy, but like it's still like awesome. Like that's why for mm-hmm. me. I like yeah. that's I like it. I am enjoying him so much. I love villains that just wanna be bad. There's something mm-hmm. so much fun about that. Like, oh, uh, you know, I don't like the... I mean, I do like tragic backstories, but it's more fun when, you know, he's a god. So, I yeah. mean, like, have fun with yeah. that. And I hope the writers are taking a page out of Corella because I think she was the most well uh, well-received villain that they had mm-hmm. in a long time. And I enjoyed yeah. her as well. We know that you love the villainous older men on some of the other shows <laughs> that you're yes. on. So are you crushing on Hades? I am. I am. I will always. I mean, <laughs> my number one crush. You want to be the princess was, of darkness or the queen of darkness? Oh my god, that's my dream. This is why I still watch this show. I mean, my first love is always going to be like Captain Hook because he's got the accent and the dark trench coat, and you know, like oh he's, he's a captain. But what's a captain? You need to the a ones god? in power. Yeah, what's a captain to a god? Like, I'm, I'm gonna like step it up. I'm gonna level up and go with the god. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I loved his his exit too. Like you know how like you get like purple smoke or green mm-hmm. smoke or white smoke. He gets fucking blue flames. But not even like blue flames. Not because we're used to like the smoke sort of like whooshing. Like he was like he had like staticky blue flame, which was like really awesome. And like the best part of that was like he dropped this menacing line and then just like poofed out to be like mic drop. <laughs> it was really good. All we needed was his hair to flame. It's fantastic. 
So let's move into one of my favorite scenes of the episode. And I thought this was a strong episode as a whole, but I, I love this scene because of who came back. So we're at the mayor's office, and uh, Robin was initially going to be the one to go into the office, but uh, Henry was like, no, you know, I should go in, you know, you should stand watch, and yeah. I know the office. So once he enters the office, they're waiting for him. I don't know how she got in, but she was there nonetheless, is Cruella DeVille. And she asks him for help. She's like, uh, you know, you can help me get back to the land of the living where she can be glamorous, get her music on and get her gin on. And of course her gin on. But he's like, you know, I was the author, but I broke the quill. And he was also told from The Apprentice that he could not resurrect the dead. But she reveals that the power of the author is far greater than what The Apprentice had told him about. And that even though he broke the quill, that the quill isn't an ordinary object. It is a living being in and of itself. And of course it's in the underworld because the underworld is the place for unfinished business and um, the author's quill would be like the perfect candidate for unfinished business and uh, she ends up telling him that if he helps her go back to the world of the living that she would be alive and that emma would no longer be a murderer and that her heart would be pure again because oh, it would not God. have you know the splotch the dark splotch on it because of her killing Cruella. Can I, can, and so can I get he, on my soapbox for this though? Cause like in just a moment. Fine. And, oh. and, uh, so he's, I don't know. It seems as if he's tempted by the idea. And, uh, she's like, I will help you find uh, the author's quill. This will be our mission. And so it seems as if it seems as if he accepts her deal because when he leaves the office um, he had to sneak through through the vent because uh it was under a protection spell that Cora had placed on it once he snuck out robin hood asked you know did you find anything and he lies and ends up telling robin hood that it was a dead end you know there was nothing there so priscilla you may step on your soapbox and commence bitching about this I'm sorry it's <laughs> like num like why number one would it have to be a stain on her heart if she was doing it to de to defend you she wasn't actively going out and murdering like people for the hell of it second she was the dark one at this point and people like have forgiven rumple for doing a ton of shit as the dark one and he's never even said sorry about it but she has Third, your fucking other mother, Regina, has, like, killed thousands of people, destroyed kingdoms, and, like, ruined lives. And somehow all she has to do is say, well, I'm sorry about it, and she's, her heart is completely, like, clean. But yet your mom is defending you, and somehow it's besmirched. And if you bring the person back to life with, like, a phoenix down or something, it's okay, and, like, it never happened. The act itself wasn't there. Oh my god, that that line frustrates me, and the whole concept of like good and evil sometimes is once upon a time frustrates me. There and mm. yeah. well, first off, we don't know if what Cruella is saying is true. That's number one. Number two, at the time she was not the dark one when she killed Cruella. Yeah. Number three, 
Uh, I'm trying to remember what you said. Um, uh, well, we don't know if Regina's heart is is pure at the moment, although she can wield light magic. So we, I don't really even know what that means in, in regards to her. And for, I guess the overall thing is we don't even know if what Cruella is saying is true. I mean, besides well, her I... being returned back to life, I mean, I don't know if that's really going to affect Emma in, in a sense, besides just her maybe feeling like I, I, I killed someone and, it, you know, and that kind of thing. I don't know. Well, okay. And, like, the thing with Cruella is she is a master at manipulation, especially if you look back at her backstory episode we find out that she is so good at manipulation and she knows the motives of henry that henry genuinely does have concern for his mother he might be blinded in the aspect that he thinks that since she's the savior she's got to have this pure heart and everyone has a pure heart but you know the show has always said everyone does have darkness inside of them and uh, Henry might be a little bit blind to that. Um, he probably, like I said, he sees his mother as the savior. You know, she's got to have this pure heart. And even though she did uh, kill you out of, you know, protecting me, that still put a dark spot in her heart like it did with Snow when she killed Cora. And so Cora's uh, like, well, I can kind of play off of this. I can build this up. And even if she is lying, um she can still make him believe what she wants to make him to believe to get what she wants, which is super interesting. She's, it's interesting to see how good she is at manipulation and how she can work Henry's emotions in his heart. Dun, dun, because he dun, is the dun, heart dun, of the dun. truest believer after all. Yeah, He'll believe anybody. All the lies too, along with believing in people's hearts. I, I do. I do want to say that uh, for they they try to play Emma as the most pure heart because she is the, basically the the living proof of true love. So I think it's not so much that it tainted her heart, but more so that she killed somebody while trying to protect someone, but she still killed somebody. Like I'm actually remembering how how hard she took it. I mean, yes, it was to save Henry. I'm pretty sure, right? That that's what it was was to save Henry. But it really messed with her. And also the fact that they found out that Cruella couldn't kill, so there was really no threat to yeah. begin with. It's just all. It's it's really it's hard to take in, and it, it, it honestly, it ultimately meant that they didn't have to go to such extremes. They could have captured her and kept her, you know, in jail or something. But um, either way, it really affected her and i think that's what's uh what's in uh henry's head where it's not so much to redeem his his mother but so much to like give her a sense of relief that hey you know you you really you, you bring her back and uh you really didn't kill anybody mm -hmm. more so for I mean, her than for him i think yeah mm -hmm. and we have to remember how old henry is too like he's just more susceptible to believing this kind of stuff he doesn't have this you know, years of experience or whatever, you know, he's still a young kid and he loves his mother so much. And so, yeah. You know who has years of experience and shouldn't have fall fallen for this shit? Robin. Why the hell is he standing guard? The worst babysitter ever. <laughs> like, even Henry treats him like a purse. He's like, Aww. no, you can stay but here. It, I mean, it does make sense that out of the two of them, 
like Robin Hood should stand guard because he Against knows how to what? use arrows and stuff. Like everything is terrible. Just go in with him. There is that too. Yeah. Plot reasons, Priscilla. Plot and reasons. how did Corella get in there? Because she was not climbing through the vents She's wearing what she was wearing. I don't know. She had there. to have Plot been there for some time because she had the dog statue. Yeah. No, that's in her office, I believe. Is it? Yeah, that's Cora's office, right? That's in. Well, that's a. It's a replica of Regina's office. Like uh. I think that's all. That stuff is from what we've seen. Yeah. That's how she got it's in. She can get in anywhere where there's dogs, and there was a dog statue. <laughs> I can't believe the the pen's alive though. What, what that is? He. I can't that believe he's a murderer. Yeah, he killed the pen. <laughs> Henry's a murderer. Yes. <laughs> he has to redeem himself. He does. Could you imagine if this is a way to bring Merlin back? If Merlin's a part of the pen? Oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, no. Fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> already forgettable to me, so I don't care. But the, the teacup is there, meaning that, like, objects that hold meaning and worth, if, like, they're destroyed, they're probably there. Yeah. Not, like, not to mention, just as a side note, again, you're fighting Cerberus, which is what? A three-headed dog. And you didn't think to, like, use Cruella in this at all? Like, whistle while you work. Do shit. Like, make him, like, kneel and then just kill him it'd be so much easier why was Corella just like in the back burner here if you have her but do you really think Corella's gonna help them she has to if she wants to get out of hell Ooh, well, and that they betray too. her that'd be pretty cool mm-hmm. dun, 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 dun. speaking of Cerberus we're at the Charming's apartment and uh, Regina and Snow have the really nice scene where basically Regina is trying to pep up Snow. Mary Margaret is like, you know, I don't know if I'm cut out for this, basically. You know, I used to be this this person, but I've been Mary Margaret for all this time. And I don't know if I can continue on. Basically, you know, after that, whole scene with Hades her confidence is low and Regina peps her up and she tells her like you know you always were against everything that I was doing and you always succeeded and you did what no one else thought could ever happen like you befriended me and like we are friends and uh, we care about each other. And we're supportive of each other. You can do anything, basically. What did everyone think of this scene? Because I love this scene. I liked it. I really liked it. Ash is in the feels right now. <laughs> I'm always in the feels, but especially right now. I I liked the. Uh, it's really awesome to see Regina take the the hope speeches and stuff. Yeah, like, she's, she was like, given a hope speech. And she's really good at it, and that's why I think I've always liked Regina because she was never, she was Neville, ne Neville, sorry, she was never evil at heart. Like, she was always a good person until something happened to her, and it just totally corrupted her. Um, because for, for grief, honestly, it was grief that made her, you know, turn evil. So, you've known that she's always been good, so when she gives these speeches, I'm like, damn, like, I think of once, you know, they always one-up me. Like, I know that there's always hope speeches, but sometimes they do get to me. And I'm like, damn, I could use that in real life. So, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, 
Well, Regina's my favorite, so maybe I'm biased, but I, <laughs> I like her pep talks probably a little bit more. But I yeah. love their friendship. <laughs> I love how sassy she is, too, with the pep talk. You did something that, that you didn't think you could ever do. You made this villain, and you made her your friend. Like, that's hard <laughs> to do. I'm very exclusive with my friends. <laughs> uh, I took I, I took that to. For some reason, that one didn't resonate with hope for me. More like hilarity, but she, in any case, like she's still a great actress, and that was still like a barrel of hope enough that enough to get Mary Margaret to die and Snow to be born again. Exactly, the rise of the phoenix. And so, after that pep talk, Snow approaches Hercules, and uh, he's, of course, is very much in his feels about fighting Cerberus alone and dying. She's like, you need to fight that creature as a team. And as she's pepping him up, Cerberus attacks the apartment, which he's not that big, but he, he was busting the bed and all this stuff he i don't know it, it was almost as if he was flying or something because he attacked from like the roof which was kind of weird but he makes them flee into uh, the town and uh everyone splits up and they end up finding uh, megara uh, who we we find out that this woman that was in the prison with um hook is megara and they, she ends up splitting away from them and in all the chaos they finally find her and once they hear cerberus close by they head into the library and uh Snow is like, we got to do it now. You know, this is our, our chance. And so Herc hands Megara the dagger, his dagger. But she's hesitant. She's like, I don't know what I can do. But Snow White convinces her in like half a second. So she finally gets some confidence. And Herc grabs a pipe. And uh, they attack the Hellhound when it enters the library. Snow arrows one in the eye. And... Uh, Meg goes crazy on the one that she's attacking with the dagger, and Herc, I guess, pipes the other one, but they kill it, and it poofs away. Yay! Hey. So, after killing a creature successfully, after vanquishing a villain, of course, everyone heads on over to Granny's Blindies, and uh, this is when... Uh, Herc and Meg have a little bonding moment, and uh, they uh, recognize each other, or at least he recognizes her. Turns out that uh, he rescued her from Cerberus right before he died, but then she ended up dying anyway. So it seems as if some of their unfinished business was for Hercules to rescue Meg from Cerberus and to defeat Cerberus. So everyone heads down into the fiery cavern pit thing that we saw last time. And we see Hercules and Megara ascend together to Mount Olympus. And we also see the clock striking twice, tick tick, and Hades deciding that it's time for the outsiders to to pay by punishing them you know because in the beginning he wanted them to leave now he wants them to suffer he arrives to see 
prisoner Hook, and he tells Hook that for each soul that the outsiders help escape, one of them will have to stay forever in <laughs> the underworld, and that Hook has to decide which of his friends will pay for this by creating new graves for them. I laugh because the first grave he's going to be like, do you want me italicized in font caps for Rumpelstiltskin? Like, How do you want this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be good. Also so, let's discuss the defeating of Cerberus, the ascendation of Hercules and Meg, and... Uh, Hades' plan for our friends. They're using the special effects budget so well, because I remember like creating, I don't know, like a figure from mythology or something like the Panthers in True Blood. <laughs> Fucking awful. And this <laughs> this actually like looked pretty freaking scary. It looked like a Rottweiler with three heads. Like it was it was nice. I, I liked it. Still better than Puppy Chulo's wife, the Big Boo Fury. I love the Big Boo Fury. <laughs> oh my gosh. Still better. She was epic. She was good. But I love how they trashed Mary Margaret's apartment. It was fantastic. But you know what Like this beds means? flying everywhere and windows shattering. You know what this means? What? It means that they can bring back Hook's house for Emma that he picked out that's in the underworld. So they're all gonna live there? So they can all live together. Oh god, that'd be horrible. God damn, that sucks. It's only for like a couple of days, but like could well, you imagine no. if they bring back the house and they the get to like The probably like broken up in hell, but like it's okay up there in storybook real. Like so it's okay. You can break up this one as much as you want. I just really don't want them living together. Poor Emma. Like she needs to she needs to have her own space and Henry needs to have his own bedroom at like the lot at whatever they're staying at instead of the loft. I agree. They need to leave the loft for the charming. So like they can get their groove on in the loft. And Emma and uh Killian and Henry can live elsewhere and 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 uh, Henry can, you know, and a Regina couple Martin nights at manner. Regina's, a couple nights at Emma's, and that kind of thing. Right, what but we still need to get home first. <laughs> well, yeah, no, obviously. Yeah, of course. Let's talk a little bit about Herc and Meg no. and their representation. Because obviously, I know some of you didn't like it. I will say, I didn't mind it. I took it as it being young Herc and young Meg from the movie. So her not being as sassy and as confident, like we don't know how long she's been in the underworld. We don't even know how long he's been. If if it happened like immediately after Young Snow and that kind of thing, if that the quest didn't take, you know, a long time to find Cerberus then he's been there for a long time and she's been there for a long time and it seemed to have affected her the most especially if she's imprisoned and hercules wasn't so i kind of got why her characterization was the way that she was as opposed to how she was in the movie mm. so i didn't mind it i didn't think well, about it like that i kind of disagree but then again it's you can big whoop want to fight about it no let me stop <laughs> yeah 
bring it. I got this. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Meg is one of my favorite Disney like women. You're not going to call her a princess, but sure, we'll go. We'll we'll say women. Yes. And part of what makes her special and awesome is that she's been through really hard times, and she's been with Hades in the underworld, but yet she knows how to play the game, and she's sassy. One of the best lines is the first one she comes out with, which, which is like, I'm a damsel, I'm in distress, I can handle this. And her introduction line to Hercules, which is just kind of like, uh, yeah, my, my name's Megara. My friends call me Meg, at least they would if I had any friends. And they crippled that line and they made her like into such a damsel. Like a part of me was thinking maybe she's like playing Wilting Flower and she's actually working for Hades, which would make complete sense with her storyline in the animated in the animated movie. Nope, we didn't get that. And if you're saying, okay, well, let's make this like mythology based, okay fine but then i'm gonna nitpick and say why did they both go into olympus like she's not gonna be turned into to a goddess she's supposed to go to elysium like uh, uh, i i just i can't even i can't even with the show like meg was I, I said before like meg is a very sweet like rose in my bonnet and if she got ruined like it would hurt me and it did i i, I felt so sad this is why, like, the episode was kind of up and down for me. Like, that was a big, that was a big issue. I agree. I did not like Megara at all, either. She did. She played the, the damsel in distress, and she just seemed like a scared puppy. Although, I guess to be fair, she's been in there for God knows how long, and she's scared, which makes sense, but... I don't know, I guess I just wanted more from her. I wanted her to be like, well, I'm already here, but I'm used to it, you know, instead of being really frightened. I don't know, I just, but then again, they put them as kids, so it's hard for me to be like, well, toughen up, you know, you're an adult, but they're not really. So I guess I didn't like that they kept them as teens instead of um, being older. I just, I don't know, I didn't really enjoy that. And uh, I don't know, just didn't like it. I'm sad. Hercules. I wanted more Hercules since they made him so adorable and hunky for a teen. Yeah. Oh gosh. And they, <laughs> they had the perfect chance too with Yeah. Sure, you don't need me? No, go away. Go ahead. No, stay there. They need his strength and everything. He's a demigod. Like, seriously. You already know you're going to, like, the Greek version of heaven. Like, you can stay there for a couple of seconds and help out. Like, isn't the only person that can beat Hades would be Hercules, like, technically? So, they should need his help to just, like, be with them and be, like, somebody who knows the place, too, because he's been there for God knows how long. He knows his uncle. Like, who better to help him than Hercules? Like, that's why I don't know. Like, I mean, I'll have to wait and see the next couple episodes where they're going, but Hercules would have been the perfect person to be there. Like, that would have been awesome. Yeah, but I'm sure there's there has to be some sort of rule where if it's your time to go, whether it's the good or the bad, you probably can't stick around, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's we true. We need more background before we can say, like, anything, but... I, but yeah, and I, who's to say that they can defeat Hades. Like, someone has to be in charge of the underworld. I mean, that's just... I would assume that that's, like, a, a stone-cold fact. 
Or the, what is it, the, the author? I don't know. The author will be in charge. Henry will be in the underworld forever. Henry already broke the most, like, dangerous weapon, and it was alive. But uh, yeah. I do want to say, though, He's a that murderer. Maybe I'm the only one, but every time... Well, this is, like, what, the third time, or maybe the second time, where we're seeing, um... Uh, people we know going, you know, either they're gonna go to heaven or hell or whatever. I don't know why, but I get nervous every time because I feel like they're gonna psych us out and they're all gonna go to hell. Like, I'm so dark that I think our heroes are gonna go to hell. Halfway through, the bridge just collapses. Dun, 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 dun. They're trying to make it, like, really, like, oh my god, like, this is the moment, you know, like, Regina's father had to go, and I was like, oh, you know, little old man. Oh, shit. And then he gets dragged to hell. Yeah, what if he goes? What did he do? Oh, god. Like, I'm here thinking the worst, but everyone's been kind of smooth, sla- uh, smooth sailing so far, so. We'll know that one man got dragged to hell. Oh, yeah, that one. But we all know he who he is. You creepy as shit. Bye. I see, I don't get- if you're creepy, you deserve to go where you're going. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, clap back to all the creepy people. <laughs> yeah. So, no, that's just that's for probably me. But now that I'm thinking it, I'm probably jinxing it for somebody we know. So, and uh, I was confused. What 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 was Hades' uh, ultimatum? What did he say that for every soul you for get every to choose- soul that they save that that's saved and leave. They ha- he has to write one of like the friends, like the people that are there for him's name on there, and they have to stay. So how many? Yeah, have which been- that kind of confused me a little because what if they end up saving like they've already saved everybody? Yeah. So uh, I guess all of them stay. Like it, that confused me. How many? How yeah. many are there? Because they've saved three already. That's why he put the three uh, gravestone thingies. Yeah. So, okay, so three. Robin Henry. <laughs> No, he's not going to pick Henry. It would be uh, Robin, Anna, Rumple, and Gina, maybe Regina. Snow, I don't think he's going to pick anybody. and Robin. That's what I'm going to guess. But they didn't they say like last episode that they wanted to save everybody there or something? Like they're going to stay there. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to let us see who Captain Hook's going to choose. Wasn't uh, one of the spoilers is that they one of them might not want to come back. So maybe he gets he or she get written into in on the slab and not want to go. Rumple, please. I know. <laughs> oh gosh. I'm gonna go with Robin. I'm hoping Robin. What? Like, no, I like him. He's pretty to look at. And that's <laughs> it. That's it, it. Yeah, I don't care. Keep him. <laughs> Just I'll please stop me. hurting Regina. 2016. Like I don't want any more angst. Oh my gosh, that's a good being- hashtag. Like, I'm tired. I'm just tired of Regina, like, not being able to have her happy ending. Robin is her happy ending. Keep it there. And I it's so bad, though, because, like, that means that she went down to get Emma's boyfriend only to lose her own. Yeah, no, don't. Please yeah, don't that's do that. Yeah, to happen. Because yeah. there's going to be ship wars again, and I'm not up for this. Yeah. This crap. Oh, gosh. Poor Katie. <laughs> Katie's fed up. That's all I think about. Katie spends her nights. She's she doesn't sleep at night because she spends her night like pulling out her hair over ship wars. Oh my god, the leader of the ship wars. Like, (laughs) what pissed me off at the beginning of last season in season four? I think that's when uh when what was her name? Oh, Emma comes back, but she comes back with uh. You said what's her name? I forgot her name because I'm uh, all these names, but uh, uh, Robin Hood. She comes back with Robin Hood's wife. 
and like fucks everything up and then Regina kind of like went back to her old ways like really pissy and I just don't want any of that like I, I I've seen well I said this last week you weren't here Brittany but this is what I said if they go that route the interesting thing to see will be Regina's reaction will she go back to like how she did when Marion came back or will all of this character progression and development that she's experienced throughout the entirety of this series allow her to react in a different way. I mean, obviously, she's going to be sad, but will her reaction not lead her to the path of evil again? I don't think it will. I think I think she'll be okay. I don't think it will either. Yeah. I think the only problem they're having like with the entire series is just Rumple's characterization. He is all oh, over the gosh, place. Don't get us started. Yeah, I know. I know you guys probably have problems. I'm just like, saying it quickly. Yeah. I don't like his. We have, uh, unfortunately, Ava is not here. She's Rumple's biggest cheerleader. Oh, God, no. I'm done with it. And that's because I like a lot of the dark characters in almost every show. But Rumple is, if you do the same thing over and over, like it's annoying and it means you haven't learned anything. Like the definition of insanity. Like, yeah. So Rumple's not bangable for you no he's never been anyway yeah he's never i I, I, I like him when he's all like creepy and he does that really funny giggle like he's funny you like him when he's glittery yeah like when he's least attractive that's when i like him (laughs) oh my god (laughs) the story of your life but i just think that they've already put a lot of emphasis on the fact that robin is regina's true love so i don't think they're gonna take him away and if they no, that, they never said he was her true love. They said he is her soulmate. Oh, okay. Well, then oh, there you that's go. even worse. I'm like, goddamn. Oh, Priscilla. you can blame Tinkerbell for that. Huh? Yeah, Priscilla goes away when he dies. <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, that's pretty sad. Like, I, I, I think didn't they say that it was soulmate? Oh, okay, because I know it was back in season yeah. two with uh, Tinkerbell said it. Tinkerbell, yeah. Okay, so yeah. Well, see, that's why I think they did that. So I think uh, I think Robin's kind of safe right now. He's got the plot armor of soulmate. He's so. got the plot armor. Yeah, I think I think he's okay. <laughs> soulmate plot armor, true love plot armor. I I mean, Killian has it right now. They literally went into the underworld to go get him. I don't know how much stronger your plot armor can get from that. So, but I'm okay with it. Everyone's love stays okay. They can kill Rumple. I don't care about him. So. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, any final thoughts on the episode before we move into the MVP? It was so good. It was so good. I loved yeah. it. That's all I, I gotta say. <laughs> Let's get into the MVP, the most valuable player for this episode. Who was the MVP in your eyes? So, you have to state who your MVP is and why, and you cannot repeat what had been previously said if someone stole your mvp you can mention who uh, you would have picked but you have to pick a new one because we've got to spread the love around to the entire cast and katie always goes first so uh, katie will not be going first this time around plot twist nervous no plot armor for katie no <laughs> plot armor oh my god back <laughs> That's too funny. But we will start off, why not, with our special guest, Brittany, your MVP and why. Oh my god, I'm special. Um, Okay, so I think my MVP is Hercules, only because he literally was the starting point for the birth of what 
of what we know as as um, Snow White being a badass in the Enchanted Forest and having so many um, tools at her disposal. I mean, eventually she becomes a badass, and uh, I think this episode was really her returning to her to her roots as a badass. And uh, I just I think she gave hope. To Hercules, and then she got it from Regina, and then she turned that into a plan, and they defeated the three-headed dog, and happy ending. So I think Hercules was the reason for all that. (laughs) If he didn't come and meet her, you know, she wouldn't have been that great or learned her archery skills, and he's just so pretty. So... (laughs) Very Most importantly, he's so pretty and hunky and awesome, and he's really sweet, and he's a good guy, and I like him. And if Ask it wasn't Jonathan for the white cell and more things, people, he's beautiful. He is beautiful, but he's a lot of the things he did for her um, really led up to where she is now and how she found her way back to being a badass. She's no, what was it? Rest in peace, Mary Margaret. Hello, you know, Snow White, and um, yeah. So Hercules is my MVP. I think he did all this if it wasn't for him. So, yay, Priscilla. Okay, I'm gonna go with Cruella. I missed her. And she comes in and she just breathes life into the show. Like, I missed the music, the ambiance, the gin, and more gin. Like, oh my god. Like, she just had what, one minute, maybe two minutes of screen time? And she still had like some of the best one liners ever. Like, I, I'm eager to see more from her. So, definitely Cruella. Ash. Katie's gonna hate me, but Hades. I have to take Hades. <gasps> no, you didn't. Good this is what happens day. when Katie's not first. You see what happens? <laughs> 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 he was. Uh, you. Mm. We had such lukewarm villains last half season with um, Arthur and. Camilla and it's just... You didn't like Arthur and his tiny sword? Look. Everyone knows. got a bigger sword this time around. Yeah. Mm. Girl, did you see that sword? (laughs) Ash dreamt about it all night. (laughs) But uh, Hades just like in the course of two episodes what what, um, Arthur could never do is make us afraid of what he's going to do like I, I am a hard hard captain swan shipper like I cannot get enough of it and the fact that they're apart is like making me happier more because of the stakes that they have to go through to get back together because of what Hades is doing to them like Hades is making this ship more strong and I I love Hades as a villain and I love him for driving my my um OTP back together so he has a special place in my heart completely agree well, there you go Katie I have a feeling it's gonna be Emma no oh, okay no. wow <laughs> Katie I'm very proud of you 
for Brittany, who does, who may not know, Katie's MVP ninety-four percent of the time is Emma. Oh, that's okay. well, because a lot of the episodes are about her, <laughs> or she's heavily involved. So, guess I love what? your justification for I it. I know it's great. <laughs> so I'm gonna choose Snow White. Gasp! Yeah. What? That's that's <laughs> iTunes gasping. <laughs> because she freaking finally denounced Mary Margaret and wants to be Snow White again. I this is I have been waiting for this for like three seasons now, and it's finally happened. And also, yeah, she's just stepping up and becoming this awesome bow and arrow person that she was before and uh just i i don't even know i just i'm so happy that she finally wants to be snow again she wants to be known as snow we don't have to hear mary margaret again hopefully so good job to recognize this yeah so good job to her for recognizing that and i'm so happy Fantastic. Well, I guess I lied because Katie didn't go last. I'm going last. But fortunately, no one took who I was going to say. For a moment, I was thinking of Hades. But, uh, yeah, because I can't think of anyone else that's MVP worthy. Oh, who? Megra? No. (laughs) No. My my two was actually, like, the blind witch. Just because she's so gabby with freaking... Regina and like I don't know like the the town know-it-all the Metiche like oh my god I love her like Emma Caulfield can do no wrong like <laughs> Metiche that makes so much sense it's true <laughs> it, is. it is and who's the other one that's a lot no and the one I the, the one I said which was um Cruella. Oh, okay I like yeah evil women <laughs> <laughs> So out of all the ones that are picked, the ones at uh, the ones that are left, the only one that you can really choose, in my opinion, Robin is, Hood. is no, is <laughs> Regina, because she ha- got the chance to do the hope speech, and I think she did a good job with it. And it was because of what Regina said, and Regina pepping Snow up that Snow decided to drop Mary Margaret and to now be Snow White again. Which will probably lead to a lot of awkward first conversations with people once she returns back to real Storybrooke. I'd be like, Mary Margaret, like, oh no, you know, I used to be Mary Margaret, but I would like to be Snow once again. I'm not that person anymore. I'm not that lady anymore. I don't know when she was ever that person, but she was. In Storybrooke, and when she was pretending to be someone else uh, to uh, Red Riding Hood the first time they met. That's true. Yeah. So, it is that time, Katie, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is your official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So, for all of these spoilers, you can check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash storybrookweeklymirror. And you can also check out my site at storybrookmirror.tumblr.com. Uh, as always, we always post all of the, um, all of the 
all of the spoilers. That's the word I'm looking for. All of the spoilers as they come out throughout yes. the week. So you'll definitely want to check that out. Um, okay, so we don't have too much this um, this or today. So uh, we do have an episode title that we got this past week. Um, it is for the 22nd episode, which is the penultimate episode. It's titled Only You and is <gasps> written by David H. Goodwin and Andrew Chamblis. Katie, what does that mean? So We're going to get some more 80s new wave. Yeah, apparently. It's coming, guys. It is coming. <laughs> um, so basically, for those who weren't aware, Only You is the song that apparently Neil showed Henry and Emma or something like that. Yeah, which and- we didn't find about until like three seasons later. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And also, it is a song that played for Henry and Violet... She, that's the song that that's, that's the that's same song. song yeah that he showed her i believe and it's also the song that played uh a little bit during the ballroom scene in the first half of the season where they were all dancing in camelot well it didn't necessarily play for them they well, were listening to it via the well, ipod obviously but they showed the different couples so yeah. it oh. connects to all of them basically when you buy music rights, you fucking use them. Oh my god. That, that music hasn't been used so hard since that episode of Community where they played Roxanne like six or seven times in one episode. Jesus, like, <laughs> good on you. Like, be frugal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, that is what that song, or that's when that song kind of came up. Um, so we also got some filming spoilers for the 22nd episode. Um, apparently Gold was filming in New York City. Uh, he was filming in a yellow taxi cab, I believe. Oh gosh, they need to go to a different city. Uh, they're always <laughs> in New York. It's always New York, guys. Or it, well yeah, I'm pretty sure it was New York. Um, also, they had some filming, some more filming as well. And this one's interesting. Uh, Henry and Violet were filming in New York City. And I don't understand what is going on. They're like eating hot dogs. What? Didn't they have like hot dogs in their hands? I don't remember seeing that, but they could have. Also, Rumpel was there and he was carrying a very large bag. And everyone's like, is that Mary Poppins' bag? (laughs) Oh my god. He's pregnant (laughs) and he's covering his pregnant belly. So, yeah. I, I killed Katie for a second. You did, you did. <laughs> so basically, I don't even know what the heck is going on in this 22nd episode, but apparently they are back from the Underworld. I, I think they get back in the episode previous to well, this. Well, they need a vacation, so they go to New York. Yeah, after being you know, in they've, hell. Been, they've been in hell too long, they gotta go somewhere. And also, I think the only other thing that came out this week that was significant was EW did another hot seat interview. As always, this is the interview where people on Twitter ask questions and Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis are only allowed to answer yes, no, or can't say. And sometimes they give a little bit more detailed answers. And can't say usually means yes. Yes. That's basically, can't say is another fancy term to say yes. So, keep that in mind. 
Um, so somebody asked, is the passage of time in the underworld different than in Storybrooke? Like it's kind of been for a few different arcs. Adam replied that no, it is not. So it's kind of running uh, side by side. They're the same time as happening. Um, someone asked, can ghosts from the underworld kill living people? Eddie said, yes, they can. Someone asked, did Hades ever go to our world in disguise? Eddie said that he can't say, which basically means yes, as we all know. <laughs> Someone asked, will Once Upon a Time have a version of Queen Persephone? Adam said, can't say. Ooh, we all know my theory. That's right. Zelina will be Persephone. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Don't hate. You can get on your soapbox for her when she arrives. No, I actually like her, but, like, I say oh fuck because I feel bad. Like, so much crap is gonna happen, and she's gonna, like, have some other reason to be pissy at Regina for. Mm, she will always have something to be pissed about. <laughs> Next question. Will the five rivers that we saw in Hades' cave play a role in the back half of the season? Adam said yes. Yay, Kool-Aid Rivers. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, well, we see Daniel in the Underworld, and he said no. Adam said, but he is referenced. Will Arthur be making Storybrooke the new Camelot while the family is gone? Eddie said that he can't say. So looks like Arthur's on a mission, basically. Well, everyone's traipsing around in the underworld. Damn. <laughs> oh, this one this one's kind of fun. Someone asked, will we get a Judy Hopps from Zootopia reference? And for those who are not aware, Jennifer Goodwin, who plays Snow White, did the voice of Judy Hopps in the latest Disney movie, Zootopia. So it was a really cute movie. I'm just saying. Just throwing that out there. Adam said, not this season. Eddie said, definitely next year. We have her. We have Judy Hopps. So I hope that we, I, I think it'd be kind of fun if we got a reference to that. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if they do that. Um, the next question is really interesting to me. Someone asked, will Dracula ever come to Once Upon a Time? Eddie said, can't say. Adam said, I love Dracula, but I can't say. Now that's interesting, because I've spoken about Dracula before, and I've spoken about how he could be a part of what I like to call black and white steampunk Transylvania land, aka the land without color. Hmm, that would be interesting. Because that would that's like the one land... Whale and whales on iZombie, and I don't want him to leave. Please don't cancel iZombie. Like... Well, that doesn't have to necessarily incorporate Will. There could be other people in black and white steampunk Transylvania land. And he could make a little cameo, though. But I, I've always wanted them to revisit that land. And I know that his episodes weren't the most popular. But I thought that they were really well-done episodes. And they kind of left his flashback on a cliffhanger. Like, we never really found out what ended up happening. Which sucks. But I really love that land. I think it's just a... I don't know. It's just... Whenever I... When I saw that land, it was really exciting to me. Like, it's all black and white, but then, like, some things can be color, and... I don't know. I thought it was interesting, and that would be, like, the perfect land. You know, the land of Dr. Frankenstein to incorporate some horror character tropes 
like Dracula. That'd be interesting. Although I don't know yeah. if he would make for an interesting big bad for a half season arc, but the idea is still really exciting to Frankenstein me. Frankenstein and the werewolf come out, bring out, bring out vampires. Just do them well. Please don't make them sparkle. <laughs> oh yeah. No, they well they would be black and white. So no sparkle for them. But uh, I don't know, it just sounds interesting to me. I don't know. I don't know if once would be able to pull it off in a good way, but it's still interesting and especially that they said can't say. Yeah, that's that's really interesting to me and I I wonder if why some what prompted this person to ask that. Because I mean, that's not a character that a lot of people would just naturally be like, oh yeah, is Dracula coming? Yeah, although it could be, uh, I'm going to guess maybe some of those might be planted questions in, in a sense, you know, maybe <laughs> they're true. like, you should ask this because, you know, yeah. you'd like to tease a little something, maybe, I don't know, that's sort of like the, the cynic in me, but that's, it's interesting nonetheless, I would still prefer them to have done like Dr. Facilier or something, but if we're going to get Dracula and more black and white steampunk Transylvania land then I'll be happy. I'd love for our characters to visit that land. In my mind, I would love for them to have some sort of arc where they have to go to like the various realms and each episode is them in a different realm. Kind of like, not in the sense of Legends of Tomorrow where they're visiting different time periods, but like there's some sort of quest or something where they have to get something from Arendelle and they have to get something from uh, Neverland and something from Black and White Steampunk Transylvania Land. I, I think that would be kind of interesting you know, for me at least. I'm just going to put it out in the ether. If Buffy could have it, once can have it, I want a musical episode. At some point, yes. they've already di they've been discussing that since season one. Do it, you guys! You guys have practice with Gallivant on ABC. Like, do it, do it. It for would the be fans. so cool. So, on that note, the last question someone asked is: Will there be a death in this arc? Eddie said yes. Adam said probably, and then Eddie said there will be. So somebody's gonna be dying. Sadly. Or many people. Or many people. We don't know. I guess we'll find out. Um, but this this just in, actually, the title for the finale has been released. It is titled An Untold Story and is written by Adam and Eddie. There so, was a movie, wasn't there, called Dracula and Untold Story? Was there? What? Yes. <sighs> it was Wait. Dracula the Untold Story. <laughs> Okay, oh my gosh, so that's interesting. Okay. okay, so I'm gonna, just real quick, I'm going to read off these casting... Or, the ca or do you guys remember the casting call for Jacob and Nathaniel? Yeah, the brother and... Uh, the older brother and the younger brother. Yeah, does that... Where, like, the older brother was... Um, he was, uh, let's say, stronger, and, and the younger brother was weaker. Mm -hmm. Does that, like, connect to Dracula at all? I'm not totally familiar with Dr Dracula. I don't know a lot about the Dracula mythos. I, I don't know okay. if there's ever been a brother. Well, I'm going to throw that out there. Unless it's not really a brother and maybe it's... Well, Dracula didn't have an Igor character, did he? Maybe it's Hades' story and the two brothers are his. Uh, Poseidon and um, Zeus. Well, they already have Poseidon. Did they? No, they, have, they had Triton, not Poseidon. No, that was... 
Poseidon. Really? Oh, that sucks then. They that that wasted <laughs> moment wasted. I thought, but then who are the brothers? And I'm still trying to like sort that out in my head. The brothers Grimm, or I don't remember their names. Oh, <gasps> that's what I thought. Would be an untold story with the brothers Grimm as one of the as an author, like both of them together. I don't see why they couldn't go that way. I mean, they they did make up a lot of the a lot of fairy tales. I mean, with a twist or the original yeah, ones. and maybe that would be a good way for them to explore the different lands. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know we're coming up with stuff, but that's. The best I could come yeah. up with, brothers. So yeah, super interesting. Lots of things to speculate on. Um, so that's it for spoilers. We do have the press release for the next episode. So I'm just going to read that real quick. This episode is titled Devil's Do." It reads, Hook's captivity takes a dark turn when Hades threatens to condemn him to the river of lost souls after Hook refuses to choose which three of his friends will have to remain in the underworld. Meanwhile, Gold is suddenly eager to help Emma, Snow, David, Regina, Robin, and Henry find Hook so he can return home to Belle. But in order to do so, he must find his ex-wife Mila in the underworld and ask for her help. In Fairytale Land flashbacks, Rumpel and Mila face a life-or-death crisis concerning their son, Balefire, that forces Rumpel to make a deal that will haunt him. Fuck! Mila. I hate Mila. <laughs> I know. Yes, uh, so we I hope this is not the first flashback that sucks. I'm gonna have my Pepto-Bismol ready for this, for this episode. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my Lanta. <laughs> oh, so this will be interesting. I'm crossing my fingers that it's still an interesting flashback. We'll we'll see. But interesting little thing. Um, I'm pretty sure the kid who's playing young Balefire is one that we have been seen before. So it's young young Balefire. Possibly. So interesting. We'll see what happens. Uh, but that's all I got for spoiler section. Um, just a Fun little note, Emily DeRaven had her baby. For those who weren't aware, she was pregnant. She had her baby this past Saturday, and it was a girl, and she named her Vera Audrey DeRaven, which is very pretty. Very Our cast nice. is good at picking out baby names, I'm just saying. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. At least it's not like named Pear or something. like. <laughs> right? So, congratulations to her. Um, also, the ratings came in for this episode. We stayed steady with last week's 1.3 in the demographics, and we ticked up slightly from last week's 4 million viewers to 4.33 million viewers this week. So staying steady is a good thing. Um, yeah, especially with the time change and the crazy storms that some states were having. So kudos to them for keeping steady there. Awesome. So on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Visit the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download this episode and many more. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe please like us on facebook by going to facebook.com slash storybook weekly mirror you can also like poppy chulo radio on facebook by going to facebook.com slash poppy chulo radio and you can 
Hit us up on Instagram as well, instagram.com slash poppychuloradio. I've been posting, like, nice, neat little videos and, and um, just unique images and stuff to help promote this show. So certainly check them out and take a peek at them yeah, on a, Instagram. Take a look at our dub smashes. They're fun. They are fun. Email us via contact at poppychuloradio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychuloradio.com. Co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, guys. Good night, guys. Good night. Good night, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of Storybrook Weekly Mirror. Good night, everyone. Mm-hmm.